Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hamas Tailgate Party. I'm your host, Thomas Jackson. This is part two of this week's episode series, previewing week five matchups with Jacob Borland. If you are looking for the week four recap, that came out a couple days ago on Tuesday and should be the last episode on the feed. Uh, Jacob is one of my good pals from high school. He grew up in Huntsville, went to Huntsville High with me, and then he went to Auburn after that. He's a big sports fan, but especially college football, and we've always just enjoyed talking about games and gambling and lines with each other. So I figured it'd be fun to have him on for a deep dive into this week's game since it's such a stacked slate and try to find a whole bunch of winners across the board. So we're talking, this one's a little bit more Vegas centric. So if that's something you're into, follow along with some of our picks and hopefully we'll win everybody some money, come back and do it again with them later in the season. So enjoy the interview is uh, quite a bit longer than most of them. So thanks a lot to Jacob for spending all that time with us and we'll hit on some quick segments at the end to round it out for the week. Thanks guys. Thomas Jackson, beautiful podcast from Denver. All right, everybody. We welcome on Jacob Borland going through our uh, big week five preview with us. Thanks for coming on, Jacob. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pretty freaking stoked for uh, it's like the best college football slate we've had in about two years. So I'm pretty excited about it. Excited to talk talk to you about it. Quite a while. Lots of top 25 matchups and even a lot of the games that aren't technically ranked matchups are still super interesting. There's like a dozen games that I could watch just by themselves on any given Saturday and be totally entertained. I feel like, but Jacob and I has always been someone that we like to bounce off betting ideas off of each other and kind of get each other's opinions on that. So we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the Vegas side of things this week. And hopefully we can, win everybody some money if you follow along with us but we'll see about that on Saturday so we'll start off with at least the biggest game in my world this weekend Ole Miss is traveling to Tuscaloosa Bama is a 14 and a half point favorite the over under is a (laughs) staggering 81 points at this point it opened up I saw it on either Sunday or Monday at like 77 and a half and it's moved up like a whole four points since then so we'll get to that in a second but just a few notes I have and then I'll let you go with it Jacob this is actually Ole Miss's first true road game despite being week five they've just been playing in Oxford against you know pretty light competition and then opened up the season with Louisville and Atlanta, which was like nobody there and everybody that was there were Ole Miss fans. Of course, we have the interesting Saban-Kiffin dynamic where Kiffin has been like playing into the whole rat poison thing, the respect Bama thing. Like he's just been kissing Saban's toes all week to the point to where it's almost like, almost feels like mocking in a way on Twitter. He's just been like nonstop tweeting about how amazing Alabama is, which not unusual for a coach to do that. You know, a couple quick sound sound bites in a press conference, but Kiffin is like very intentionally like leaning into the whole rat poison Alabama thing. Uh, Speaking of Kiffin, he was obviously Alabama's OC a few years ago. And that gives it, of course, the Saban versus his, Former assistance dynamic where Saban is 23 and 0 all the time. Personally, 
when Kiffin got hired by Ole Miss, I loved the hire for them. Didn't love it as a fellow SEC West team because I kind of figured when he got hired, since I'm not really scared of Georgia anymore after all these years, I thought, okay, if anybody does beat Saban, I could see it being Kiffin before anybody else, just with his style of play is usually the most, you know, krypton kryptonite towards Alabama over the years. But with all that being said, I know we've discussed the spread a little bit privately, but give me your thoughts on this one because I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> Uh, as most Alabama fans probably should be, uh, you're not going to like this Jackson, but I've laid the 14 and a half with Ole Miss. Uh, the thing about it for me is the over under is so high at 80. Uh, there's just a ton of variance there in my opinion. Uh, games could swing like pick six, like anything could happen in this game. And Florida really gashed Bama in the second half of that game, really the last three quarters and Bama looked a little tired out there and, it just kind of worries me. I don't think I could – no way I'd put – like give Bama four, minus 14 and a half. I just would not take that. But that's just my opinion. Uh, it's such a high-scoring game. Ole Miss's offense is really good. They haven't played anyone this year, but uh, they have just completely walloped their competition so far. And last year, what did Ole Miss hang on Alabama? Was it like – I think it was 48. Let me look that up. We The score – like the final score was a little – uh deceiving because we pulled away yeah 63 to 48 which makes it seem like oh high scoring crazy game but like no like that was actually like the most stressful game of the whole season and for some reason i've been all the other college football podcasts that i listen to have been talking about that game a lot over the past week or two obviously but then they always they always mention the Florida game from last year, who we beat by seven, I believe, in the SEC championship game. And everyone acts like that Florida game was the closest like test that Alabama had. But in the Ole Miss game, Alabama trailed and like the whole entire game by one or two scores until there were like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So we were playing from behind and it was on the road. Thankfully it wasn't like a totally packed house or else who knows, but then the Florida game, we, we were in the lead the whole time and Florida was playing catch up and they scored with like 10 seconds left or whatever to cut it from like a 14 point game to a seven point game. So that game like wasn't quite as close, even though it was a good ball game. So I don't know why no one remembers this like I do, because like I don't think my blood pressure is lowered back down from that Ole Miss game last year, but they were by far like the, the hardest test that we had all season. Like we couldn't stop them at all the whole game until the very end. It was the thing where it was like at halftime, it's like, okay, who can, whoever can make the team, the other team like punt once and then maybe get a turnover will win. And it might be like that again this year, which is yeah, that's horrifying. that's exactly what I'm I'm feeling. I think it's going to be pretty similar to last year. Uh, the thing that worries me though is Bama's pass blocking. Uh, lost a few offensive linemen to the draft, uh, and Bama's they're 75th in the country. I mean, they have they've played Mercer, they played uh, Southern Miss, and that's included in that. So uh, I just think Ole Miss may be able to get the stop they need. I mean, it's such a high-scoring game. I feel like they can come up with the stops. Uh, Bama's offense really shut down after three quarters, not surpassing 100 yards rushing. So uh, give me give me the high-powered offense and Ole Miss. I feel like all they need is just that one touchdown, and then I feel like they're going to get it rolling. I mean, Bama's really good. I think they win the game, but 
I don't 14 and a half is a lot with this high. Like you could just see the game going anyway with such a high total. So yeah, and that's that's another thing. Like I really hope we score first. So even if it is high scoring and stressful, like it's a lot better when you're seven points ahead than tied than seven ahead than tied, as opposed to like being just trailing behind the whole game and like, okay, we finally tied it up. And then like six plays later, Ole Miss gets another touchdown and they're back in the lead. It's like, that's what we did last year. And I want no part of that, but I kind of hope if we win the coin toss, we elect to get the ball first and just get out in front before they do. But uh, do you have, do you have any thoughts on the total? Cause I mean, I'm not touching it at 81, (laughs) but like, I mean, if you looked at last year's game, there were what 63 plus, 48 there were 111 points scored in that one so that's like 30 more that's absolutely wild (laughs) SEC game going that high but I know I mean I'm definitely not touching it if anything I would probably take the over but how high would the number have to be for you to touch the under (laughs) (laughs) uh probably like 85 86 I mean that's like two punts in the whole game like yeah that's an incredible total but I mean they play at such fast paces especially Ole Miss but yeah I remember I remember last year like maybe the day of or the day before the Bama Ole Miss game that total was like 70 give or take a couple points but it was somewhere in there and me and all my other buddies were texting about it like we have to take the under right like Alabama's never had the total this high and like it's history probably almost certainly yeah and like that ended up probably covering in like the second quarter so yeah i mean i could definitely see the same thing this year it's just yeah yeah i just i don't know i'm, it's I'm, better, I'm probably I'm, better to watch you know huh it'll probably be more entertaining just to watch than yeah I'm i'll be i'll have my hands out. full anyway i'm not playing anything i never bet against bama but like I can tell the if games you, when it's a good time to stay away. And this if is you had to take a side, like say you got a hundred thousand dollar free bet. If I you, had to, I'd, I'd put it on the plus 14 and a half, like no question. Cause it's also like, even if Bama rolls and like plays really well, it's still co- totally conceivable that Ole Miss scores a touchdown in garbage time to get it from mm-hmm. like a 21 point game to a 14. Like, and that's just, I've seen that happen so many times with Bama and I don't really even think the game will be like that. I think it'll be closer, but I usually like taking the first half with us when I do bet on Bama. Cause that kind of kills that, the do you know? that happening. Hmm? Do you know the line on that? I'll check the first half line. I mean, Bama's just, a, I think they're like probably like 11 and one or 12 and one in their last 13 in the first half. So, I mean, that's really interesting to see, especially if like you say, they get the ball first and, I could, I mean, Ole Miss is fine playing from behind. They could still cover doing that. I would kind of worry about Bama the opposite way. So, I mean, I think they need to get get rolling quick. And last week they started out fast as well. Kind of interesting. So the first quarter spread is Bama minus six and a half, and the first half spread is Bama minus seven and a half. That's super interesting. That's actually wild. So, like, if anything, I would probably just take the first quarter and just bet on us. I mean, you are going to score, yeah. But I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not. What, I'm not what's gonna... that over under? For the first quarter, it's yes. 17. For the first half, it's 41 and a half. Oh my gosh! I know. <laughs> 41 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> 24, 21 and a half. I mean, yeah, 
There might be more points scored in the first quarter of Bama Ole Miss than the entire game of the next game. We're on our slate, which is Georgia, Arkansas. I've been peering at the under on this one all week, but this is college game day. Uh, This would have been pretty shocking to hear like three weeks ago that Arkansas at Georgia is the game day game of the week. Uh, Arkansas is an 18 and a half point dog, which is there's a lot going on with that. The over under is 47. This one's at 11 a.m. Central um, in Athens. This is, let's see. So Arkansas is undefeated against the spread. Not really surprising since they've probably been an underdog or they have been an underdog in like their two big games against Texas and Texas A&M this year. This is also like Ole Miss. This is Arkansas's first true road game since the only time they've played away from Fayetteville was last week in Dallas at the neutral site. Uh, KJ Jefferson and uh, KJ Jefferson, Arkansas's quarterback, and Traylon Burks, their wide receiver, are both questionable but likely for this game. Jefferson got his knee hurt in AM, and Arkansas did not look very good once he went out on offense. Georgia, a couple notes on them. They've obviously, obviously been rolling this year. They're getting their tight end, Darnell Washington, back that got hurt in August. This is his first game back playing this year. And nine of their last 11 games versus ranked opponents have gone under. And I'm guessing, I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm guessing the two games that didn't go under were probably against Bama. Since when we play them, it's usually a pretty high scoring affair up in the 30s. But thoughts on that one? This one's been eating at me all week. Uh, It's really tough to tell. So, I mean, for Arkansas, I don't, Really think Texas A&M is that good, personally. Uh, Ditto. I they can't throw the ball down the field. I mean, they have players, of course, it's Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, but um, I just don't think Texas A&M is that good. Uh, I've been looking at this line all week, and I feel like the simple play would be play Arkansas plus eighteen and a half in such a low-scoring game. I mean, as it's supposed to be, but at the same time, Georgia's defense is elite. Arkansas put up three points in the second half last week. Like they didn't do much. I mean, texting them kind of shut them down, made it a game when it, after they scored 17 in the first quarter. So, I mean, but Georgia, on the other hand, is just elite. I mean, their defense is incredible, probably the best in the country. Uh, you can't really tell on their offense yet since they haven't faced any competition other than Clemson where they put up three points. Uh, so it's really tough to tell, but I think they could have just been kind of warming up against the elite talent in Clemson. Like they just have they have players all over the field, even though they're two and two, they're still a quality team in that sense. So well they're yeah, Clemson's defense is really good. It's the offense that's obviously been really them bad nightmares this year, yeah. But I I don't know. I just I kind of want to lay the points with Georgia. I could kind of see being like a maybe like a 31-14 sort of game. Like I mean, Arkansas is gonna be able to move the ball a little bit, but getting in the end zone is gonna be really tough against that defense and I, I think JT Daniels, I took him to win the Heisman this year. So, I mean, this could just be a huge game for him on game day. He got pulled after one quarter last week. They looked really good. I mean, it was against Vanderbilt, but they, <laughs> they uh, were up like 35 0 in the first. I know. So they would, <laughs> it was over. Like, just what are we, six minutes in? It was 28 0. I took um, their first half minus 21. And then when I saw it was 35 0 in the first quarter, I was like, why didn't I put 
my whole bankroll on that. <laughs> Always yeah, easy that, after the fact. That was a really good play. Um, but uh, give me Georgia, I guess. And I like the under more so than, than the over, of course. I think Arkansas struggles and Arkansas can kind of halt Georgia and JT Daniels. I like the under probably better than either side, which it's hard because like I started out this week thinking 18 and a half is a lot. It, it is. But like if you like the under, then taking the 18 and a half with Arkansas also kind of makes the more sense. Right. But then like as I like as the week has gone on, I was looking at Arkansas team total under 14 and a half because I'm just worried. I don't know how KJ Jefferson is going to be. And maybe this is a play. I'll probably wait on this until like Friday night or Saturday morning to where I can get a better feel on him. Cause right now uh, the he's just, he's likely, but like, I don't know, you know, how likely that is or like, what if he gets banged back up in the first quarter against that Georgia D that's undoubtedly going to be all over him. So I don't I, know. I guess if, if if word comes out that he's not playing, then by that point, it'll probably be too late to take the under at a good number. But I'll probably just wait and see. I don't know. I've just been back and forth on this. I I like the under more than anything, but that's going to be a probably game time decision for me. Yeah, I agree with that analysis. The thing that I feel like it's kind of going underrepresented in a way is that Georgia is at home. This is their first real big game at home. And we really and don't Arkansas's know Arkansas's first team. big game on the road. So exactly. That, you know, I mean, that matters. Georgia fans talk- are going to be lit. Like, this is yeah. their first big game in a while there. Like, for sure. They're going to be rowdy. I mean, it is 11 a.m., but I was talking about this, I think, when I was recapping the Bama Florida game, maybe, or some point. But you think about it like last, like, it's been two whole seasons before any of the, like, anyone's had a true road game. Because last year, even if a team was on the road, it was like if there were fans at all, it was no more than like half full. So it's just not the same. And so all these kids on the team that are freshmen and sophomores have never seen anything like this before. So that, you know, and just I mean, fans will be even more intense at their first big, meaningful game back, even if they were able to be at a 50 percenter, you know, last year, it's definitely going to be different when the number eight, eight team in the country is coming to town. So I yeah. think that's a good point. It's probably scared me off of the Arkansas side. I don't really love the 18 and a half on Georgia, but yeah, we'll, we'll make a game time call on that, I guess. One last thing it's KJ Jefferson's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, he's a great player, but again, like we were saying last year, they didn't, they didn't have road games. Like this yeah. is his first real big start. Like, I mean, it's easy to play when there's no fans at opposing stadiums. Like, this is a, a huge difference that people maybe aren't like weighing in enough. For sure. We'll stay in the SEC. Speaking of hostile environments, your Auburn Tigers go to Death Valley for a lovely 8 o'clock Central kick. Uh, that sounds fun. Um, any word, I'll let you take this one mostly, but any word on who's starting for your team? I uh, don't believe there's been an official word yet on the death chart. Bo Nix was listed as a starter, but I feel like that uh, that could change very quickly in the first couple drives of the game. Uh, have a short leash, leash if he does. Very short leash. Um, I feel like the boosters kind of want Bo Nix to be that guy. 
just because daddy like daddy ball and whatnot but I it's hard to tell I mean PJ Finley wasn't that great last year at LSU but I mean that's a completely different team than this year but it's really hard to tell about the quarterback situation I think the only way to find out is putting in TJ Finley so uh, I mean I like the fact that Bo does have experience on the road he just went to Penn State and played he played a decent game I mean he didn't make any big mistakes like he did what he was supposed to do but uh, the spot definitely worries me with the eight o'clock game in Death Valley. It's pretty probably the worst environment to go into in college football. Not to mention that Auburn hasn't won there since we were like three years old. So that's yes, I, <laughs> we literally haven't seen it in our lifetime. That's, yeah. And um, so LSU's a three and a half point favorite, which I don't just, I mean, rivalries aside, speaking strictly on the field, I definitely don't love either of these teams enough to pick a side on that spread. If I had to, I would probably go with LSU just because of Auburn's history down there. But I like the under 54 and a half more than either side on the spread. Do you, what do you think about that? I feel the same exact way. I will not be taking Auburn with the spread. Uh, Right now they're probably the most volatile team in the country. You really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, we're two plays we're literally like one or two plays away from being four and or being two and So, I mean, or two and two, like the Penn state fourth down call and Georgia state game. So yeah, it's, you don't know what you're getting. Uh, if anything, as an Auburn fan, I'll probably be taking Auburn plus 10 and a half, teasing it up with uh, something else just to have some, some skin on Auburn war Eagle. So that's not a I bad, got. not a bad idea. Yeah. I just, I like both of these defenses better than I like both offenses and, 54 and a half I kind of thought it would be probably a little bit lower than that so I'm gonna I'm gonna play that guy so I guess that's my first official pick that I'm not wishy-washy on yeah I'm gonna play that under I, I agree with that. that right now I mean I definitely think that's a good call uh, Auburn's offense isn't we're not throwing the ball down the field like I mean we, we try to it just never works so and I mean, I mean just Auburn's be- run game is obviously really good which it's well for, for elite. Yeah. well for the under. It does. Um, yeah, it's actually 55 and a half right now. So that's, that's a good number. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch that. I'm gonna I'll probably tease the under with Auburn plus ten and a half just to just to have some skin on it. I like that. I like that. Um, all right, the next game I've got on here, uh noon kickoff, I believe. Although let me check on that. I might have that wrong. Uh, actually, no, it's a one thirty central time Cincinnati at Notre Dame. This one is super interesting and probably has the most playoff implications for both teams involved out of any matchup, uh, this Saturday. So Notre Dame, I have not been impressed with them at all this year. I mean, they barely beat a Florida state team week one. And everybody, Notre Dame was, as always, like top 10 coming into the season. Florida State, you know, no one really knew. No one thought that they were going to be good or especially great by any stretch of the imagination. But since they played Notre Dame so great, it was like, oh, maybe like both of these teams are really good. And it was a high scoring, exciting game. And now Florida State's 0-4. So I don't (laughs) so that doesn't say much about Notre Dame. Then they struggled with Toledo. They did so-so with Purdue, and then they barely beat a – well, okay, 
they beat a Wisconsin team handily that just was giving them the ball over and over and over in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, like super low on Wisconsin after that and their Penn state game. Like I'm sure everyone is at this point, but since he, part of this is just my disdain for Notre Dame. Part of this is really like just kind of cheering for Cincy this year and thinking that I like their coach. I like their quarterback, pretty well-balanced team that has kind of been in the spotlight last year. So I don't think the moment's going to be too, too big for them on Saturday. Cause this is kind of a gargantuan, like, like program altering type of game being at Notre Dame. So I'm going with Cincy money line. They're a one and a half point favorite. I'm just paying the minus one twenty to get the money line. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won thirty straight games as the favorite, which sounds nice. Uh, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. I just I can never really bring myself to bet on Notre Dame, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be rolling with the Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I guess I don't have a strong take on this game. Uh, it's hard to really tell. Cincy, I mean, they're playing two – or last year they played Georgia in the Peach Bowl, I believe. Mm-hmm. They put up about – I think they scored 20 points. They played Indiana this year. They kind of struggled. But at the same time, Notre Dame has struggled all year. Just no convincing wins, even against inferior opponents. Uh, if anything, I would probably lean the Cincy side, uh, go into a hostile environment, but they have the coach. They have the quarterback. Uh, I think they're a better team. Notre Dame just – I don't – I feel like there are some regressions too. And I think since he goes in there and gets to win. Also, Notre Dame's quarterback, Jack Cohn, who got hurt in the second half of the Wisconsin game, hasn't been confirmed that he's playing this week. And I don't think that he's, like, great by any stretch. But – if he doesn't play, then they're going to be on one of their backups, which makes me feel even better. So I'm uh, going he, with the. Sorry, that? but he, uh, the backup didn't look too horrible last week. I He came in, he was, he was slinging it a little bit, but, but yeah, it's very hard to trust, especially against this, the team as good as Cincinnati. Yeah. So I'll be on the Bearcats money line. So those are the kind of four big ones that I had the most notes on. Do you have any direction you want to take it with other games or bets or anything? Uh, yeah. Um, so let's see one, uh, play. I like it's a little sneaky, uh, Georgia tech plus three and a half versus Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh. They're two and two. Uh, they've looked like a high powered offense. They have the fourth best passing team. They're the fourth ranked passing team in the country. But they're going to get Georgia Tech, who just lost by six to Clemson. They spanked North Carolina. Uh, this is a team that just is now running the spread offense. It's their third year of doing it. Uh, the thing is, though, Pittsburgh runs – they have a dynamic offense, right, fourth in the country. Georgia Tech runs a 3-3-5 defense. So that's having three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. They can uh, really shut down – if they can shut down this passing attack, I, it's going to cause some problems because Pitt, they played Western Michigan and Tennessee, and they averaged 2.6 yards per carry. So if they can shut down the run with three down linemen, I think they can cause some serious problems and win this game. Yeah, I don't have anything on that one other than just how shocked I was when 
I was at the Rockies game last week and I checked the my ESPN app and saw that Georgia Tech score. And I was like, I don't know if they have the teams on the wrong line here, but it was uh, probably the biggest surprise other than Minnesota losing to Bowling Green on the day. But yeah, I mean, whatever Georgia Tech is doing, I mean, they almost beat Clemson and, you know, they just absolutely smacked UNC. So I, I think they carry that momentum over and they've got some really good momentum going for them. So getting three I, and a half. Where is that game? Uh, I believe it's at Georgia Tech. I need to double check. It's pretty important, but I already took it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. And I mean, Pittsburgh, I mean, they struggled. It's better. I mean, they lost to Western Michigan. I took Pittsburgh in that game, but I just think their three, three, five defense can cause some problems. And I mean, they just shut Sam Howard on a 22. So, I mean, give me the, give me the yellow jackets. Yeah. I like it. Um, that's an 11 AM kick on Saturday. So just add another one to the busy morning slate. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I had, I have a wedding Saturday night. Well, thankfully, about. it's actually the, the games are, are best the earlier it is. So yeah. that's that's not a terrible, terrible Saturday night to have it on because I feel like you'll you'll get your fix in from the morning and afternoon slate. But yep. anything anything else for you? Um, yeah. Um, another game I like is Army. Uh, their line is at seven and a half, but I bought it down to minus seven to get that hook. They're playing Ball State, who's just not good at the game. Um, they're giving up five yards of carry and give up 190 yards per game on the on the ground. And we all know what Army does. Army's definition of running. So I just, I mean, giving up five yards of carry already. Uh, give me Army and the points. Um, a game I really like is Texas minus four and a half against TCU. Um, you bet against TCU earlier this year with Cal, but. Uh, I kind of think Texas turned the corner last week. They put up 70 on Texas tech. Uh, I'm sure this gets said every year, but uh, SMU. I've heard it once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I, was Sark there. Sark's a pretty smart guy. Wouldn't you say? He's my guy. I I, I'm rooting for him. Not necessarily Texas, but I'm rooting for him. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But so, I mean, SMU beat TCU last week. And I think Sark's just going to use that and just do the exact same thing, which is just run the ball. And they did a great job against Texas Tech for doing that. And they also play Oklahoma next week. And you could say they could look ahead, but at the same time, they could also be tuning up because they lost this game earlier to Arkansas. Like they just know they don't have any more room to to really mess up. So still undefeated in the Big 12. So I mean, they control their own destiny as far as the conference goes. But yeah, now the now the Red River game is all of a sudden starting to look really, really interesting. But and well, I think we'll I mean, I, I have no clue on that one right now, even though it looks like Texas is definitely heading in the better direction. So I've got TCU plus five Uh-oh. and I don't have anything other. This is just kind of a system play. Because TCU has been an absolute thorn in their side for the better part of the past decade. They've won six of the last seven games against Texas outright. And that includes the last two matchups in a row. So I don't have a whole lot of analysis on this one other than it feels like every year Texas loses to an underdog TCU. And I think that everyone is 
kind of getting back on the Texas train because they just put up 70 against like a pretty awful Texas Tech team. So like, yes, it's good when you can take care of business and blow out a team that you really should be blowing out. So credit for that. But I'm on I'm on the Horn Frogs. So it's our first one we we're disagreeing on, but that's all good. I also like the over in this game because when I was looking up some stats on their offensive and defensive performance so far both of these defenses are horrible and both offenses have been putting up really good numbers so i think you know i mean shocking right it's a big 12 matchup but i've got tcu plus the five and over 65 and a half written down um for this one and i guess the over 65 and a half looks especially appealing when Texas covered that themselves last week. Like obviously TCU is better than Texas tech, but yeah, it's kind of a system play on the spread. there. just kind of going with history late recently in the matchup and then obligatory high, high octane offense, terrible defense, big 12 overplay for me. Yeah. I, I like that, that over, honestly, uh, I guess we'll, we'll be texting during that game. Yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> the Jacobs on Texas, I'm on TCU for that one. What's next? Um, another thing I like is uh, Oregon. They're playing Stanford this week, and I just think Oregon's going to take care of business throughout the Pac-12. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. Uh, they lost Thibodeau. They got him back last week. He's might be the number one draft pick in the draft next year, so getting him back is going to be huge. Uh, but their pass rush has been like very so-so throughout the year. But uh, – Stanford's 111th in pass blocking. If they can't, if they just get pressured all game, they're not not going to beat Oregon. And Oregon's just a great team on the ground. Uh, Stanford's led up 200 yards per game on the ground so far this year. So I just think Oregon, they spanked Arizona last week. I kind of think they take care of business here against Stanford and win by 10 or 14 points. Yeah, you said, is it is it seven, eight? What did you it's, say? It's minus eight. Eight, okay. I would probably take it to like minus nine or minus 10 talent wise. Oregon is definitely light years ahead of Stanford. And this is the type of game because they were fucking around a little bit. I don't know if you saw any of the Arizona game last week, but in the Mm -hmm. third quarter, Arizona had pulled back within like a score. And this was like after all of these huge upsets had already gone down. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. If like all of this already happened last week with UNC, Clemson, Minnesota, like all these other schools, Arkansas, like, and then Oregon's going to lose to Arizona, who's like one of the worst teams in like the power five. But they, they, they pulled away and took care of business. But like this Stanford game, if they're, I agree. I think they they've definitely looks like the best team in the Pac-12 because they're the only one without like a pretty head scratching loss at this point. All the other people I thought would contend have screwed up already, but this is the type of game they need to just take care of business. Like it shouldn't be one where you're flipping there with five minutes left saying what's going on. Like they're far superior talent wise to Stanford. So I I'll, I'll ride with you on the ducks in that one. They need to, they need to just do the thing and move on to the next one. I think that's, what's going to happen. Another play I, I like, it's just kind of iffy and it's just a gut feeling, but I'm going with the Baylor Baylor bears versus Oklahoma state. Uh, They're three and a half point dogs on the road, but Baylor, the thing is, 
every year they either go about two and ten or they go ten and two. <laughs> and right now they're four and zero, oh, and they're also oh, playing four and zero Oklahoma that. State. Yeah, they're they're running the ball well. Oklahoma State lost last week to Kansas State, I believe, and that was just an, a pretty ugly game overall. But um, I give me the Bears plus three and a half. I think they could maybe be the second best team in the Big Twelve behind Texas. Uh, I think Oklahoma's pretty trash, so. Um, this is just like a small play for me as Baylor plus three and a half. Oklahoma State actually beat Kansas State 31 to 20. That's it. Last week, but Kansas State didn't have their starting Tyler quarterback. Thompson. Yeah. Uh, this is actually an undefeated matchup. Both teams are 4 0. So who would have thought? Who knows? It could have some Big 12 title game implications down the road. Yeah, I would not have thought because I bet on Iowa State last weekend to get the seven versus Baylor, and they totally shit the bet on that one but yeah baylor versus oklahoma state a couple of undefeated powerhouses going at it who would have thought i sure as heck wouldn't have uh <laughs> another play i have a kind of have a lean on but nothing official yet is uh the, probably the best game of the week and i'm surprised you didn't bring it up earlier it's UConn versus Vandy. Oh, it's on the list. You don't. Know, <laughs> I, I was. I was gonna get there. I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up as the very last one. But let's dive in. Um, I just like the under here. Uh, just two absolutely horrible teams. Sounds I, like a great play. And the, <laughs> that's really. Do you have fifty-two. Uh, I have fifty-one and a half showing, but okay. I fifty-two is a lot better considering. It's just these teams are really bad at football. Like they just like. <laughs> What is UConn scoring game? Probably like 10, 7. Like they didn't score their first three weeks. That's this if they're is... balling, yeah. And Vandy, they're the UConn of the SEC. So just give me the under. Please. I will definitely ride. And Vandy's a 14 and a half point favorite on that one. So like, I don't know if we want to lay the points with the Huskies and get crazy with it. <laughs> but <laughs> I I had that one written down. I se- I definitely don't have a an opinion on the side there, but I'll, I was wanting a side because I definitely want to have that game on like my fifth screen on yes. Saturday night. Keep an eye on it. I was telling, I, I was telling Maya if I still lived in Huntsville or anywhere in that area and like it didn't conflict with the end of the Bama game, I would honestly <laughs> like drive up there buy a dollar and 50 cent ticket and just soak it in. I think it would be hilarious. (laughs) Might as well go just go watch a high school football game on Friday night. Yeah, yeah. That might be more impressive, but I don't want to be let down on Saturday. (laughs) If I were to take a side, I would take Vandy and try to buy it down to 14. But uh, it's just SEC talent. No, they're not SEC talent, but, you know, guys that are in the SEC and play football. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's ride under 52. It's a horrible game. Uh, I want to get your take on a specific game, and that is Florida versus Kentucky. Mm, it's a good one. What What are you thinking here? So this is another one I've kind of been back and forth on. Um, this kind of reminds me of the Georgia-Arkansas game, honestly. Both teams, well, not both teams are undefeated, but Florida, you know, they're still in really good shape, and Kentucky's mm-hmm. rolling in 4-0. So Florida's an eight and a half point favorite here. The total is 55. So I think it's going to be probably a stay away for me. Um, If I had to lean anything, I would probably go with Florida. 
and the minus eight and a half, but I just, I don't know. I kind of just don't want to bet against Kentucky. Like once again, I don't try to remember who Florida played last week, Tennessee, Tennessee, but that was in Gainesville, right? Mm -hmm. So this is Florida's first uh, big road game of the year. And even though Kentucky isn't, you know, like, Alabama, Auburn, LSU stadium type of loud. Like it's a five o'clock kickoff. That place is going to be lit. And like, you know, these Kentucky fans do love their football. They'll be out and about getting after it all day long. And their cats are four and oh, and right now control their own destiny in the SEC. (laughs) So they'll be ready. And that place is going to be loud. So kind of the same road, first big road game for, you know, I mean, Emory Jones has been around the block a couple of times. It's not like this is a totally new scene for him, but a lot of the cats on that Florida team haven't. Um, So I was thinking maybe a Kentucky like first quarter or first half bet could be the move. Let me see what those lines are, because I'm thinking they'll just come out strong and I don't grind them down. Yeah, and this is a really great matchup between – so Kentucky has the number nine overall uh, total defense, and Florida has the number nine overall total offense. So it's kind of like what gives here. Um, Florida defense, I mean, they stiff like after Alabama scored its first three touchdowns. They stiffened up and played great for the next three quarters. So maybe they're channeling that. Kentucky's kind of more of the, um, you know – just ground and pound old school physical team. So I don't know if, if Kentucky can contain Florida, I could see it being maybe the under being an okay play, but let me check on this uh, first quarter and first half. Kentucky, their stadium gets loud, like all blue. Like they might have like 70,000 fans, 75,000, but that place, it gets pretty loud. Definitely a home field advantage there. So Kentucky is plus three in the first quarter that's enticing. and plus four and a half first half right. so i think i'm gonna lock in that plus three first quarter just count on them coming out strong while the crowd is you know before florida has a chance to really get the crowd out of it if they do start to roll and maybe Flor- uh, kentucky can get a stop or two and you know get up a pointer field goal or touchdown on their own and cover that what's their first quarter over under 12 and a half if kentucky gets the ball and scores a touchdown like if they receive get their fans or they they might defer but either way if they score in the first quarter that's 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 a win right there that plus three most likely unless something kind of crazy happens but i i like that play a lot too i think so yeah yeah i locked that in for me um yeah That'll be an interesting one. I hope Kentucky keeps it close because if they do, I mean, they'll burn that town to a ground if they beat <laughs> if they beat Florida. Oh yeah. But yeah, I'll be I'll be cheering for the cats on that one. Um I had something pulled up. Oh. Uh this is a really good game that I also want to get your opinion on because it might be pretty ugly. Uh Michigan and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a good one. So that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking about it and I said, I think whoever has a better kicker is going to win this game. I don't know who it is. That's but... a good call. Um, 
I've been burned by Wisconsin twice this year. And I try to like take that into account without it making me just like hate fade them the whole rest of the season. Cause it's been two games that I think they should have won with like a high school level quarterback behind center. But unfortunately Graham Mertz has not even been like that good. <laughs> so interesting spread movement on this one. Michigan started out um, minus one and now they're plus two and a half. So earlier today, I bought up Michigan to get to plus three because I think this is going to be just like one of the most classic, ugly, like low scoring Big Ten games. I would probably be all over the under if it wasn't already so low at 43 and a half. And like, I don't know, I just think like each team scores a couple times and then Graham Mertz throws three pick sixes and the overhits. Right. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> which That's like at this point. point seems more likely than not. Um, so Michigan is also kind of interesting. Like usually they're one of these teams that like everybody hypes up so much, but since they've been just like down and out and burn people and so disappointing um, lately, they're only number 14, despite being four and oh. I know they haven't played anybody, but still it's like, kind of a Notre Dame thing where like people just get really excited to put them up in the top 10 when they're not even that great. But mm -hmm. the only concerning thing I have written down is that Michigan has lost its last 19 as an underdog straight up, obviously. But um, so that's not great. And like when the line was bouncing between like Michigan minus one and Michigan plus one, I was like, wanting to go Michigan, but not quite ready. But if I'm getting a whole field goal, I'll take the Wolverines. Yeah, getting a field goal there is, I think, massive. I mean, I think we could see like a 17-14 type of game. I mean, barring Mertz throwing two or three pick sixes like the end right. of the Notre Dame game. But, I mean, they were in that game with Notre Dame until the very end. I turned off the game. I mean, game. they were leading in the fourth quarter, and then they ended up losing by 30. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. They're just absolute fall apart. But, yeah, uh, if you can get a field goal in that game either way, I, I would just take the points. Yeah, I agree. So I'll, I'll be on that, but it's, it's probably not going to be a fun, fun ride, but hopefully it gets I, I won't be watching that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't really have a setup for it, but I'm, no, thank you. Um, trying to see if there's anything. What are your thoughts on Oklahoma? Um, so I wanted to bring up Oklahoma and Clemson to you because both of these teams feel like why are they getting double digits like and at this point like usually the like squared play is to take the favorite and a whole lot of points against like a team such as like boston college or kansas state that obviously isn't like a high caliber team year in year out but now i've already taken Boston College plus 16 because I think they're a really good solid well-rounded team and it's like what like like Clemson hasn't beaten like anybody by 16 this year and you know and they like they're two and two right now like why are they getting 16 points against any respectable opponent and it kind of feels the same way with Oklahoma and Kansas State so that spread is 10 and a half 
Um, I have Kansas State written down with like a question mark. I'm on the <laughs> fence and I wanted to get your thoughts on it because this also might be a game time thing. Like they haven't looked great without their quarterback. They did beat the hell out of Nevada, which I was on Nevada in that game. And that really surprised me because they're like a really experienced team with like an NFL caliber quarterback. Um, But there, Skylar Thompson is questionable for this game. So I'm probably going to wait around and see if he's in or not. Cause I mean, I don't know, even if he's not in, like, what do you think is 10 and a half too many to give to Oklahoma? Who's like, hasn't, you know, would basically require a shutout to cover that 10 and a half in previous weeks or what? Um, I would also put a question mark by this game because on one hand, I think Oklahoma could, I mean, they can just take off whenever I think on their offense and Tyrell got, got booed last week or they were chanting the other quarterback's name, like their backup. And I think he can come out pretty pissed off and they've lost their last two to Kansas state. So mm-hmm. they could be out to prove a point here. Um, 10 and a half seems like a lot considering how they've been playing these last few weeks. But if I chose a side, I mean, if Skyler Thompson's out, I would take Oklahoma, I think, and try to get it to minus 10. But Clemson, on the other hand, they, I'm staying away from every game they play this year. I have no idea what to do with them. Your chance. I mean, I'm, them and Oklahoma and, like, kind of Ohio State, too, even though mm-hmm. Ohio State has at least been able to put up some points, uh, it's like, they just feel like these sleeping giants that have been way underperforming. And it's like, okay, like plus 16, that sounds really great. But like, is this the week that they just explode and take off? And like, so far the answer has been hell no, like not in any situation has this been like the week where they click. So like, I'm afraid I might be hopping on this train, like right when the trend flips, mm-hmm. but I don't know about the Kansas state game, but I, like, I think Boston college is actually like a good team, even despite they lost their quarterback, but they haven't lost a game uh, with that, you know, being the case. And the rest of their team is like pretty experienced, good coaching staff. Like they're just a solid, well-rounded team. And like, I don't know, like what makes me think that Clemson's going to score like more than 16 in this game. Like they've been God awful on offense and it'll probably be like an ugly low scoring game like all of theirs have been. And in that case, give me the 16. Yeah. Uh, that's the side I would be on if I were, if I were forced to choose, I just can't imagine. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I know it's hard and it's like scary. Cause like, what if they do get it together? They've got such great athletes, but like, especially with, I don't know. I, if I get burned, I get burned, but I actually do like Boston college just like outside of everything that Clemson mm-hmm. has failed to do this year. So I'll ride with them. Kansas State, probably going to just stay away from that one. Um, But we'll see. That'll probably be a Saturday morning thing. Yeah, I don't think you can – I mean, I haven't taken Oklahoma or, like, anything on the Clemson game, but I think it's just best to probably stay away if you're actually trying to, like, make profitable bets. Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. What else you got? Um. Iowa and Maryland tomorrow or Friday night. Yes, I'm excited for this one. You got a Togava Togabobu Dubu Togavaloa. He's Talia. 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 Yeah. Uh, I'm riding with my boy 
Michael Oxley, their head coach, used to be the Bama OC. Dan Enos, their offensive coordinator, used to be the Bama OC. Obviously, with Tua's little brother, I've kind of been riding Maryland all week or all year, and it's treated me well. And I just, I kind of like the Friday night underdog, you know, hosting, hosting a good team. And while Iowa, like, looks really well, they didn't look good last week because they only beat Colorado State by 10, and Colorado State lost to Vandy, and we just called Vandy <laughs> the UConn of the SEC. So, like, <laughs> that doesn't – like, I know Iowa's defense is very good. Like, they only gave up 14 to Colorado State, which is still probably way too much. But I'm on the Terps plus three and a half. I agree with that completely. Um, Iowa, we don't know what's going to happen if they get – if uh, Tua's little brother decides to – get ahead in the game i don't know if i was going to be able to have the firepower to get back in it uh and yeah the whole friday night thing like they don't have to they can watch football saturday they can go out after like they, they're going to win that game Mar- maryland's i can just see it now i think maryland wins outright but i'll probably be taking the three and a half just to be safe i'm taking the three and a half as well this is almost exactly like the florida kentucky game Iowa has the number 13 total defense in the country and Maryland has the number 13 total offense in the country. So again, it's like what gives, but especially with this Iowa team, like you said, Maryland can get the ball and jump out front early, get the crowd really, really fired up and behind them. Iowa's not really the type of team to like play from behind. They're the type of team to like, like, you know, a Python to like slowly just kind of (laughs) strangle you out of it. So I guess we'll just cheer for the Terps to win the kickoff and maybe the rest or win the coin toss and the, the rest could be history. But yeah, I definitely like that one. I'll, we'll be writing that together then. Um, another, it's really just two games right here that I'm looking at. It's Florida State and Syracuse. Uh, man, Florida State. Oof. 0 and 4. Shout out to Jacksonville State host of the Alabama high school girls basketball tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I know it and love I, it. Like I the love that place. My hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome facility they've got there. Uh, but I kind of just want to fade Florida state like the whole year, but I mean, it's clearly like way too late to get on that train, but man, they're bad. Like Syracuse plus five is the official hummus tailgate party stance in that oh, case. Yep. If we're on, I'm on Syracuse plus five and the under. Because Syracuse has the number 10 total defense in the country. Florida State's defense is kind of ass, but yeah, give me the orange men. And what's the play of the week? I actually don't know what my play of the week is. I've been like bouncing back and forth between a lot of them, and I wanted to like go back over all of them with you and see what you liked the best out of my picks Mm -hmm. and then get whatever you feel best out of with your pick. But that yeah. is a candidate. We'll see. I wanna what are you what are you bouncing in between here? Um, you know what? Let's save it for the end because okay. I feel like if I can talk through I've only got a few left that we haven't discussed already, but if I can talk through everything, then scroll back and give it a gander. Um I'll probably feel better about that. But that's this one line's been tugging me, and that would be North Carolina or Duke at North Carolina and North Carolina is laying 20. Uh, but 
North Carolina's pissed me off. So they've <laughs> probably like everyone in America, they've burned me bad a couple of times the past few weeks. But that's that's you- the time to get back in. That you <sighs> everyone see how they've been playing. They're playing Duke. Okay. It's, all right. I it's a horrible thing to do, but I'm also considering teasing this down to 13 or 13 and a half. See, that's I just, what I did last week with their 12 and a half against Georgia Tech, and it only missed by about three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> probably more than that, I think, right? Like, I probably, think probably. Georgia Tech won by like 20. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> Duke put up some points last week against Kansas, but, man, I think North Carolina. Is they're Kansas good? Uh, <laughs> I played Coastal Carolina. Did you watch that game? Uh, I actually saw I, – I didn't see the whole thing. I saw bits and pieces, yeah. Kansas didn't look like – like abysmal, like UConn bad. Like they're like they're bad, but they're not. not I the know worst. Coastal was getting like twenty six or something that game. It was wild. They ended up covering, but Kansas, <laughs> their their quarterback's a ball. Like he's, I think it's awesome to Bean, and he's really mobile, and he just doesn't have anything around him. But I think Duke, they beat Northwestern by ten. I think Northwestern's the worst team in the Big Ten, uh, and. I mean, they're like a 12-point dog in Nebraska this week. So what is that? That <laughs> I like Nebraska there. I think Adrian Martinez just like looks like a Heisman candidate against Northwestern. I, I'm going to lay the points there. He better. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he's really talented. He just – I mean, he's athletic, very athletic. That's a good way to put it. Um, but I kind of want to yeah, tease North Carolina down and maybe with like Oregon or Oregon down the minus one. It's uh, kind of what I'm thinking right there. If you do it, I'll ride with you. I just, I will. <laughs> See, the line is twenty. No one's, no one's touching that. But yeah, and it's set there for a reason. They're a much better team than Duke. I don't know what happened last week. Uh, I think they were kind of thrown off guard by Georgia Tech's multiple defenses. And, and I mean, Sam Howell. The thing is, like, he's he's not playing for North Carolina anymore at this point. He's playing to get drafted as a number one quarterback. I think he's going to go out there. He's going to sling that bitch around. And they're going to win by 28, 35. Like, they're going to be one of those teams that crushes or they look horrible. And I think they just crush here and they'll cover two by two touchdowns for sure. They need to badly. Yeah. I, mean, they, I guess they already have two losses in the ACC, which makes things pretty difficult for any title game aspirations. But just for morale around Chapel Hill, I mean, good Lord, it's Duke football. So, yeah, they're. They're blowing them out here, in my opinion. It's a good bio spot on North Carolina. Let me know. Yeah, let me know if you do wind up locking them in with Oregon or whoever, and I'll I'll ride with you. But I need I need them to come through, or I might not <laughs> never mention their name for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty tough if Duke made this a game. They'd probably be the like most overhyped team of all time if that if that were the case. If they if Duke makes this a game, they're probably the biggest flop of the year wouldn't you say of the year certainly yeah i mean or clemson people weren't talking about clemson enough they just look horrible (laughs) yeah i'm super low on like iowa state and washington especially washington because i was like really hyped for them going into the season and all they've done is start like one and three and lose to an FCS team. So <laughs> they're they're right up there for flop of the year. But North Carolina definitely had some more hype, like nationally. They had a lot of hype. They were like top ten nationally coming into the season. You know, number one draft pick. Blah blah blah. Kiss my ass, Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to struck a nerve there. Uh, <laughs> one thing that also tempts me is Troy versus South Carolina. 
Troy's so a- I saw this line and I was like, what the hell? Troy is a seven point underdog, if I recall correctly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I, I, I like Troy. <laughs> I feel like that's the play. Like South Carolina it, minus seven feels like way too easy. It, you like South Carolina? No, I'm saying it's like oh, oh, a sketchy yeah. line that would scare me away and like make me bet the other side if anything. Like Troy's Troy's winning this game. Straight up. I got heard it I'm here not, first. I'm not capping. I mean, Troy's a good football team. They had a tough game against Liberty and lost, but I mean, Troy has some players on their team, and South Carolina does not. They're just – they're what would you say? They're ninth in the SEC, 10th, probably 10th. You got I mean, Missouri State, Vandy. I don't know. The bottom put- three of the East is really, really bad. I may, I might put Tennessee over them at this point. Oh, I forgot about like, Missouri. And that'll Tennessee. be an ugly one. Missouri's pretty solid, but um, – I mean, South Carolina is like a step above Vandy and a Grand Canyon below everybody else in the East. And like, they are honestly probably aren't better than anybody in the West. So I, I mean, Troy's getting, they're probably getting paid to play this game. Oh, for sure. And I could just see them going in there and getting this win. I mean, South Carolina fans aren't going to be too ecstatic for playing Troy. And I just don't see it being that what of an environment. Uh, Troy's had this game scheduled, like circled on their schedule the whole year. Back, back. literally in the off season, they're like, we got South Carolina, like October second, like we're gonna be ready, and I think they are. They're they've always had a good football program. The last five or ten years, they've gone to a bowl. I mean, not consecutively, but like they're constantly in the discussion for like Sun Belt champion, and I I like it a lot, especially with the forty three over under. It's gonna be a grind them out game, and Troy's gonna have three. Yeah, it's barn burner. <laughs> it's literally like Michigan and. Wisconsin. Me, <laughs> like if it's already the same scenario, give me Troy in the seven points in a 43 point total. Like there's going to be, it's going to be like a field goal type game. Get, just give me the seven. All right. All right. We'll go with the home state team. Let's go. <laughs> go Trojans. I, I just find it kind of bizarre. Like just that line in general, I can, I just see them going in there and playing well, getting the win, getting out, give me that money. Like, Let's bring, get it. Tell them to bring me my money. Um, there's a. What about Tennessee? I want to. I want to hear your thoughts on on Ethan Piles, Tennessee Volunteers. Um, who do they play? They play Missouri at Missouri. Oh, right, right, right. All right. <sighs> this so game. this is another one I've been stressing out all week over. Um. Oh. The minus three feels too easy. Like, Mm -hmm. I kind of like Missouri, and I'm definitely not big on Tennessee, but the minus three just feels fishy. And if anything, I would like the over, but with it being so high at, like, 64 and a half, I'm probably not touching it. But, I mean, I like both offenses, and both defenses are pretty damn poor. So if I had to pick a play, it would be the minus three, but it just feels like, I don't know. It just feels too, too off. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I agree with you to an extent. I just, Tennessee, they, they lost a pit. 
this is a a big game for them. I mean, in in reality, like they need this win. Uh, I mean, so does Missouri, but Tennessee. We know how that coaching carousel goes. Like they need to. I just see them going in there and getting this win. I don't think Missouri's. I think from a talent perspective, I think Tennessee's better. Uh, I think they're going to be able to put up points for sure. Missouri's kind of. I mean, they're going to as well, but it's a little more iffy for them, in my opinion. I think Tennessee has like a pretty solid offense. I think that they should have covered against Florida last week. I had Tennessee plus 19, I think, and they should have covered Florida, scored a touchdown in garbage time, and Tennessee drove the ball all the way down the field to the 10-yard line. So, I mean, that was really a two-score game against Florida. So, and it was in Florida. Uh, they just had a tough loss to Alabama, but I – I kind of like Tennessee here and I'll ride with you just because of how fishy the line looks. It's it's fishy. And yeah, Tennessee. I just, I like that aspect of it. Is that in Missouri? It is. Okay. So, I mean, it's really a a pick them game, like three points to the home team. So, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. It's a neutral side. It's a, it's a pick them game. And I don't think Missouri's environment's too hostile. Like it's not like he's going, they're going to, (laughs) you don't say, (laughs) yeah. It's nothing to be scared of. They just went to the swamp. They're going to be like, oh, it's like a practice stadium. Like, what's up? Yeah, that's a good point. They Tennessee has seen a hostile crowd already, so we don't have to put lump them into that category. All right, I'll play it. I'll play it. That's going to be a yeah, yeah. That'll, that's a yeah. Jake, That's a That actually might be like a kind of fun game because I think it will be pretty high scoring, but mm-hmm. probably pretty sloppy too. So. Oh yeah, there's definitely be at least like one pick six. We'll take like the three block, block kick. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good game to watch. I think. Uh, Penn State, Indiana. Indiana, Penn State is a thirteen point favorite at home. Uh, Fifty three and a half over under. Got a night game in, in uh, Happy Valley. What are your What are your thoughts here? Really, no thoughts. Why don't you go with it? Because I, I saw it and I mean, I don't know. I, I know Indiana is not very good this year. Penn State's got a couple of, I mean, good wins against teams that I don't think are like maybe as good as we thought they were at the time of the games. So they might like, I think they're definitely not the number like five or six team in the country, whatever they're ranked at. Although like they deserve the credit for, you know, winning. Um, especially that first game, like at Wisconsin, even though Wisconsin kind of gave them the game, it's still a hostile road game on the very first Saturday of the season. But what do you think? Um, Penn State has a lot of hype right now. And I don't know if it's that deserved. We don't know how good Auburn is. We know Wisconsin's like just nothing special. Like they're going to be like a seven and five team, something around there, six and six. Uh, Indiana, they, you know, they played all right against Cincy. They were in the game most of it. Uh, I took Cincy in that game, but I think playing the 13 with Indiana here, they Penix, their quarterback, he's played at some big time games. Uh, they almost beat Ohio State last year. It's a different team, but I think they can go in and cause some problems against Penn State. I think the line should be more towards like maybe like 11, 10. I just think Penn State has a lot of hype right now, and I, don't think they're actually that good. Auburn could have beat them and their season would look completely different than it is right now. Uh, so I'm probably going to weigh the 13 with, or give me 13 points with Indiana. Yeah. 
I'll ride along with that. I, I definitely think you're probably uh, selling Penn State at the right time, you know. So I mean, they haven't. What have they really done? <laughs> yeah, As, especially after how Auburn looked last week. Like, yeah, they they beat Auburn at home college game day by like by one play. Like Auburn could that could have gone into OT like 100. percent Easy. Yeah, they played the game ten times. It's probably like Penn State won six out of ten, five out of ten. I agree. Yeah. Um, and their season will look completely different. And Wisconsin also could have won that game if they just were able to do anything on offense. Uh, I wouldn't really credit that the Penn State's defense uh, and Auburn put up more points, or they, I guess they put the same amount of points on Penn State as Georgia State. It's pretty similar, uh, even though we just were sleepwalking. But I just don't think they're that special. Watching them, uh, just give me Indiana plus 13. I don't love it, but. I just think it's a good time to fade Penn State and take Indiana. I'm on it. Sounds good to me. What do you have it at, 13? Um, let's see. Twelve and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'd I'll buy it up. Yeah. I probably would. No biggie when you're essentially just playing with pennies like I do on mine. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm gonna ever miss the the 25 cents it takes yeah, to yeah. half point. <laughs> um, this is something I've already played. Uh, it's pretty interesting, but Rutgers plus 15 against Ohio State. Rutgers hey, I was kind of thinking about Ohio State on this one, so let's talk through it. Well, I was initially on Ohio State too. Like that, this seems like the time of the year where they, you know, just take off, um, just start beating the sound out of teams, right? Uh, this Rutgers team is like pretty good. This isn't like Rutgers of old, like five years ago, where they're just one and eleven. Like they're mm-hmm. like a middle, definitely a middle of the tier Big Ten team now with Craig Schiano. Uh, they've looked decent this year. They played, they played well. Like I watched a game against Michigan, and they like looked good. And uh, I've been on them most of the year uh, against Syracuse. I was on Rutgers, and I mean they've done me well so far. Uh, Ohio State having some quarterback like kind of issues I guess in a way like Shroud going down and uh just I think the plus 15 is pretty tempting I think they keep it close I think Ohio State I kind of think this could be a backdoor cover sort of game like mm-hmm. I I mean I was leaning Ohio State at first I just because I think this is the time of year like the sleeping giant thing we were talking about earlier like when are they going to take off but uh I like records plus 15. I think they're going to be able to move the ball and score and uh, maybe keep it within single digits. What are your thoughts? You definitely have more well thought out thoughts than I do on this one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For me, this was just kind of like, like we were discussing with Boston college and Oklahoma. It just kind of feels like a sleeping giant thing. And like, when are they just going to like finally come out and wallop somebody and I was just kind of like banking on Ohio State doing that since they've had like the Oregon game probably lit a fire under their ass. And they've just played a couple of cupcakes since then, although they didn't look great against if it was Toledo a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was like same time as the Bama Florida game. So I was like not really paying attention to it, but I know it was closer than it should have been. Um, but I was 
basically just counting on Ohio State, like waking up since they've had a couple weeks to get their shit together after the Oregon loss. But your <laughs> your reasoning is stronger than mine. So mine was more of just a gut feeling play. That's how I was at first. But in reality, you shouldn't. I don't think anyone should really be betting on any of these sleeping giant teams because we really don't know what's going to happen. Like we know they're the better team. They have a big spread. They're playing all these points. Uh, I think it's just best to stay away and try to get a better feel. It's really just them. betting on the name and like, yeah. The, and books know what that could be with the talent, even though we've seen nothing to suggest that like they deserve that respect on the line really. Yes. So, and, all right. I might not play Rutgers, but I won't play Ohio State. I think it's so. smart to stay away from all of them, but it's going to be hard not to just like degen into it, you know? I hadn't played that one yet, so I'll I'll take Ohio State off the list. You convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> I, they've just been playing good football all year. I, I don't know. I just, they've won me money all year. They lost by seven to Michigan. They beat Delaware by, I didn't bet on the Delaware game. They beat Syracuse by 10, who Syracuse hasn't looked bad. They beat Liberty last week and, mm-hmm. and they took care like they've just taken the seven point loss to Michigan was impressive going into the big house uh and just playing like solid football like competing and I think Michigan got like two first downs in the whole second half or something like that so that they hadn't work. jumped out to begin with that could have been like a seven to seven going into overtime type of game <laughs> it's and it's one thing to jump out to a big lead like as a road routine but to be down at halftime like just i mean i think that takes a lot of um and hang in just, there for sure yeah like like we're not out of this we're gonna keep grinding like mm-hmm. that's the kind of mentality you want especially going up against these big dogs like michigan and ohio state like again these are the games they had scheduled or circled on their schedule from the beginning of the year and going into the big house and they get Ohio state at home. Like they've been they're I think they're going to be dialed up and going to keep it close. I think Ohio state could sneak away with it for sure, but I'll take the, the two touchdowns. Fair enough. Um, I have way too many tabs. <laughs> Where's my lines. So uh, I felt all week preparing for this. Yeah. Um, do you have any takes on these? Oh, West games. One game that's pulling me is USC Colorado. Yeah, I know you know about your your Buffaloes. So yeah, I know that there isn't much to be excited about. Um, honestly, other than what have we already discussed? I guess nothing. I was looking closer at the Arizona State UCLA game, which we can get to in a minute. But mm-hmm. no opinions on Colorado USC. Uh, USC is another one that's busted a couple of money line parlays for me this year, <laughs> and I kind of want nothing to do with that one. But what do you think? It, I mean, I just think there's a little bit of a talent discrepancy here. I think USC's. I mean, they have all the studs. I mean, not really, but you know, they're... I thought the same thing when they played Oregon State and Stanford. Though. Yeah, but, like <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I mean, I haven't touched it. I don't know if I will. Maybe if I get to seven, I don't want to buy it. But, uh, I mean, you would think USC. The only thing that, like, I mean, one of my worries is Colorado being at such high altitude, USC going in there. And, like, that. that's, like, a difference for teams. Just that's... It's something to consider. I just don't know if Colorado is good enough to, like, use it to their advantage, you know. Yeah, I mean... that's, but you know who, you know who can? Wyoming 
uh, Cowboys. <laughs> Let's go. Higher they're, altitude stadium yep. than they have in Boulder. Every time they're at home, you play Wyoming. It's plain and simple. Yeah, and it gets cold as hell out <laughs> there. Like Laramie is like kind of more like out on the plains than Boulder is. So those winds just like whip like nobody's business. It's that's a, that's a that's an intense. Even if they have like a Milton Frank sized stadium, that's a hard <laughs> place to play, especially like the back half of the season. Yeah, and I I'm gonna be riding them all year. I took them two weeks ago and. They covered each like twenty four zero. They went beat the spread by like seventeen. I'm I'm a Wyoming fan. Yeah, I'm gonna get a Cowboys jersey at the end of this year when they win me win me some money. Hell yeah, I'll make I'll make it up there for a game at some point. I'm you gonna go to, to Boulder late later in the season for a game, but you got it. You got to go to a Wyoming game. Yeah, a little bit different vibe out here with the with the football crowds and whatnot. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this UCLA game? Um. So I was thinking Arizona State, but I've kind of backed off of that take. I like the over, and I'll probably keep that as my only play um, of this game. I like both offenses. Both quarterbacks are pretty talented um, and dynamic, and I don't know. I don't think that both either defense is great. The over is only 55 and a half, which I think is – pretty manageable for these two squads so that's probably what i'm gonna write on but i think i've had enough second guessing myself about arizona state plus three and a half to where i probably won't play that one but i like the over 55.5 yeah i I like that over call arizona state has some players like they they have some athletes i uh had them as the last leg of a parlay when they played byu Mm. and they had about 17, 17 penalties, about <laughs> 10 false starts. It was really ugly. They were trying to run a hard count at BYU at night. And it's like smart. Yeah. <laughs> it did not. It was so bad. Like it was horrible to watch. That's it's one like, of the things that makes me kind of shy away from them is like I have read that they just have kind of like leadership and discipline issues, yes. which makes me kind of not want to touch them. Not that. UCLA presents any type of like home field advantage with their crowd or anything, but I think the team itself is pretty good. So yeah, I'll probably just stick with the over on that one, but that's the, that one kicks off at nine 30 central. So that'll be a nice one to catch the second half after your wedding cheer for some points. Yes. It, I, I like that over call a lot. I think UCLA is going to be able to run the ball. They're going to do whatever they want in the offense and Arizona state, like, Again, they have some athletes on their offense, some skilled players. It's just whether or not they want to get a false start every like three plays or not. So I'll, I'm going to write that over with you, I think. Uh, I just found on and really caught my eye. Um, Fresno State at Hawaii. Fresno That's State, like the late, late game, right? Yes. And you have to bet on it if you've been drinking. That's the rule. But Fresno State's like like after the Alabama Ole Miss game. (laughs) Yes. I'll have had a couple. I'm sure. After Ole Miss. 10 uh, o'clock kick central. It's always a fun one. Fresno Uh, State minus 11 over under 65. What do you like? Fresno State. Hawaii's not good. Like, they got smacked by UCLA. Uh, At the beginning of the year, it was like 40 to 10. They looked like they shouldn't have been on the field with UCLA. Like, they just did not look good. And Fresno State's ranked 18th in the country. Uh, they kind of struggled last week with UNLV. 
they beat UCLA on the road, which again isn't that the most daunting thing. But the main thing is they took care of business with Connecticut, winning 45-0, Cal Poly 63 to 10, and they had a seven-point game at Oregon. Like this is a solid. Oh, that's team. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they're they're good. They there were ten and a half point dogs against UCLA and came out and won. That was part of the parlay until Arizona State ruined it. But like this is just a really solid football team and Hawaii they're not good. Like did Hawaii used to be like decent, uh, just swinging that thing around, but they just aren't, they lost their best receiver last year. Uh, Oregon state beat them by 18. Uh, UCLA beat them by 34 and they beat New Mexico state and Portland state and lost to San Jose state. Like I think these teams are on two completely different playing fields. And I think Fresno state beats them by at least like, 21 28 points i'm on it let's go if we can get it at 10 uh i think it's a really good bet especially late night late night game i feel like that line's gonna move up honestly like having that one and the ucla over that'll make for a fun fun way to end the oh yeah i i could definitely see it being like a like 49 to 17 game like i think i really think Fresno State just runs away with this game sweet Good old late night game. Let's go. I love, I love betting on Hawaii. Hawaii games there. Yeah. I'm getting minus 10 at minus 120. I'm about to lock it in. Yeah, my minus 11 is minus 105. So I should be able to get minus 10 for a pretty good one. I'll do that as well. I think that's a really good play. I wouldn't even mind the minus 11. I think I don't think this game's close, honestly. I don't think it is from like start to beginning. Or start to end. Start to beginning. Yeah. Um, there's nothing, no other games really catch my eye unless I'm missing something. No, you've covered pretty much all I've got. I've got a couple left that we can touch on quickly and then wrap this guy up. Um, tomorrow night, Virginia at Miami. So Miami is a six point favorite over under 63. This one's at 630 central Thursday kick. Um, (laughs) I know Virginia hasn't been great, especially the last couple of weeks, but Miami has like really not been great, which makes me just want to take the points and Virginia on this one. Um, Both defenses are pretty, pretty bad. So I'd be more. I was looking at the over, but 63, like, I don't know. So I think I'm just going to take Virginia plus six because I think both defenses are shit and Virginia's offense is the best unit in the game. So I'm just going to trust that they can keep it within a touchdown or so. And Derek King is questionable. Like he's not even sure he's going to play and he's been pretty banged up like ever since the Bama game. So I'm going to go with the who's I don't like, (laughs) I'm not head over heels for it, but I don't know. I just, it's enough points for me to, to take with, Virginia and hope they can just keep it close and probably a high scoring game. So that one, um, then I've got Mississippi state plus seven at Texas A&M. I mean, I definitely don't love either of these teams, but A&M has just been so horrifically bad on offense ever, ever since Haynes King went out, I kind of, think state will keep it close so i mean it will be a tough one with them going to college station uh, and i think that's a night game let me check 
It's at his six o'clock kick, I think, Central. Um, I kind of like the under here. Uh, I can see this just being an absolute crap. Like, Texas A&M has not looked good. They put up 10 against Colorado, if I'm not mistaken. They put up 10 against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think Mississippi State could win this game. Uh, just tennis, Texas A&M can't throw the ball vertically. Like, they just dumping it off and running the ball. And, like, their offense is not dynamic. Their quarterback's just not very good. Uh, Mississippi State can cause some problems. But I... I kind of like the under here. I think. All right, I'm playing state and the under. The under is 46, which is pretty pretty low. But yeah, you're right. Like A and M hasn't scored more than 10 against like a Power Five opponent since their quarterback went out. So yeah, it's let's bank on state not putting up uh, 36, and that should get there. (laughs) Texas A&M's defense is good. I mean, they oh their defense is good for sure. Yeah, they have some. some I mean, state always has some decent dudes. So. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take the Bulldogs plus seven and under. And I think that's all I've got because we pretty much touched on everything else. So while well, I've been pondering over this since we first brought it up, I've decided on my best bet. But tell me what your favorite play is. And I'm going to play that one and parlay the two of ours together. Oh, yes. I love that. Um. I would say my best bet, I think just overall sneaky upside, I'm going to go with the the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech, plus three and a half. All right. I, I just see it being uh, – I just think their defense is going to cause problems for Pittsburgh's offense, and Georgia Tech's going to carry over that momentum from last week against North Carolina, and they're going to they're gonna get the win here. They've got some good momentum. And for me – I think he talked me into Syracuse plus five. Let's I mean, go. Florida State probably doesn't deserve to get five points against Grissom High School right now. So <laughs> let's count on the orange one. Syracuse is three and one. Yeah. And I mean, they were a six point underdog to Liberty and they beat them outright. So I'll take the five against Florida State and uh, I'll parlay the two of those together just for funsies. And hopefully we can oh, have yeah, a nice winning. profitable afternoon. I'm scared it's a little late to be on the fade Florida State train, but I think they're just really bad. So I do too. I, like I thought, Liber- Like I mean, I don't know. Syracuse is three and one. I don't even know who they. They lost. They lost their records, and that was like a like a crapshoot of a game. It was zero zero at half. Like those teams Ooh, are classic. Pretty even, and I think they're both pretty solid. Honestly, like I think they're better than what people give them credit for. Like the public in general. Uh, yeah, seventeen to seven against Rutgers and the other two teams they played. The game was ugly. Like group of five oh. schools, they beat pretty, pretty handily. So, yeah, yeah I'll, give me the points in that game. Yeah, I'll ride with them. I mean, Florida State, like certain, like Syracuse defense being. I mean, granted, they haven't. Well, Liberty, you know, I mean, they probably have a pretty damn good offense with Hugh Freeze and everything. They held them to twenty-one points. Um, so. If, Syracuse's defense is number 10 overall in the country, then I kind of like that on the side of plus five. So we'll go with a couple ACC underdogs to, to get us home. Let's go. Yeah, boy, this is cashing for sure. All right. Well, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Um, my last thoughts, Ole Miss plus 14 and a half. <laughs> I 
Bama, the dynasty ends Saturday. LSU minus three and a half. That's <laughs> nothing on my mind. <laughs> Best hummus tailgate party play of the week. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on. I know this went for a long time, but I appreciate it. I'll get you. Send me a text with all of your plays and everything, and I'll tweet mm-hmm. out like everything that you brought to the table and everything I did. And hopefully at the end of the day, when we add everything up, we're winning the people some money. So yeah, that's we're, the goal. we're trying our best here. If nothing else, we'll get an A for effort unless we lose everything. But yeah. thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. If we do well enough, then we'll have to do it again sometime soon. But uh, thanks for being easy on your time and helping us out with some good picks. Yeah, thank you for having me. I I just love co- talking college football. So anytime, anytime I'm uh, I'm here. All right, brother. Take it easy. You as well. I'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Thanks so much to Jacob for coming on, giving us all the insight on the games this weekend. We're gonna do a quick few segments and round this bad boy out for the non-ranked game of the week. We've got Texas and TCU with an honorable mention to UConn at Vandy. The group of five game of the week is Nevada at Boise State. It's a 2.30 kick central time. Pac-12 after dark game of the week. We've got Arizona State at UCLA. Um, Let's see. We've got what I'll be watching. The best games in the morning, afternoon, and evening time slots. This one is on steroids because games are staggered all throughout the day. Very exciting stuff. We've got 11 a.m. Central, Arkansas at Georgia, 12.30 p.m. Cincinnati at Notre Dame, 2.30, Ole Miss at Bama, 5 o'clock, Florida at Kentucky, 8 o'clock, Auburn at LSU. Usually I do this to where you could hypothetically watch all three of these games on one TV, but that's just not going to cut it this week. So get out your laptops, your cell phones, whatever. It's going to be a two or three screen type of day if you're watching at home. And last but not least, our game day grub is the Aloha Salsa. This is my mom's recipe that she's always made for a while. Uh, It's a really good warm weather treats so as we're kind of transitioning into fall i know we've got some a few couple weeks of warm weather left here in denver so i'm sure everybody back south does as well uh this is just a really good juicy fruit salsa that goes great with any types of chips or dipping materials great on tacos as well it's a really good appetizer to make for a party or if you're doing like fish tacos, it's delicious on that. You can save it. It's it's good for quite a few days. So I'll tweet out the recipe for that and show you guys what the final product looks like here in a couple of days. It's very delicious. So shout out to my mom for that recipe. That's all I've got for this week. Um, thanks to everybody that actually listened through to everything. I know that was a lot of content pushed out, but special times call for uh, special episodes. So We'll, uh, maybe things will calm down. We'll get back to the regular scheduled programming next week. Um, I think that's all I got. So thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games.